0: Welcome to The Rooftop. We are on Waterline Article Number 8 in this 27-episode series of The Rooftop Waterline Articles. And these are fashioned after and inspired by T.E. Lawrence of Arabia, who wrote 27 articles on how to make better human connections with the Badu tribe in, in Syria back in 1917. And they became really a cornerstone for Special Forces, Green Berets operating in rough areas. And I was inspired enough by them that I created 27 waterline articles to help you have better human connections in this time of churn. And these waterline articles are really designed to, you know, get below the waterline of the iceberg of human nature where the modern world is the tip of the iceberg and the traditional world is the bottom of the iceberg. That's 80% of who we are versus that 20% in the modern world And just make better connections, meet people where they are down there below that waterline because that's where they live as a meaning-seeking, emotional, social storyteller who struggles. And that's where the real threats and opportunities are. So these articles are, think of them as lenses to look at behavior on yourself and others differently than most people do to get below that waterline and look through different lenses, but also levers that you can pull uh, on occasion as well. And this one is certainly no exception in terms of an important lens and and again it is change freaks people out. Now, I recognize in the in the past couple of um articles I've I've talked about change. You know, we started with, you know, paying attention to status, which was article number 5 and then we built on that by talking about article number 6, which is that scarcity drives behavior. And really in 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 You all, in challenging times when we are afraid and and change happens, uh, status and scarcity come to the fore, and we go into a primal trance-like state of fear-based behavior. That sympathetic nervous system takes over, and we start to feel very unsafe. We're in a survival mode, and that's why article number seven is people won't follow you unless they feel safe. Well, the antibody to that is to recognize that change freaks people out. And that doesn't mean that we don't change, but let me just ask you, I mean, think about a time in your life when you got some news that just put you in a tailspin, right? Maybe you found out that a loved one had died or was gravely ill, or maybe you found out that your dream had been, you know, dashed, um, and what you thought you were going to do for a living, like caved on you, or maybe you didn't get into the school you wanted, or maybe, um... You lost your job, right? Unexpected loss, unexpected change. Just think about that for a second and just kind of go back to that. Close your eyes and kind of go back to that moment and just kind of breathe into that. And probably you start to feel your heart race a little bit. You start to re-experience a few of those physiological symptoms because, you know, that is those old patterns stay with us. Those old neurological story maps. You know, the brain is a metaphorical pattern-matching organ, according to Ivan Tyrrell in The Human Givens. And we tell ourselves old stories to make sense of new information or new data, new experiences. Um, and that's not always a healthy thing, you know, particularly uh, in times of change, because people go back to those, those old story maps that are probably based in pain, <laughs> um, because that's mostly what our story maps are. Um but you know that what change does is, is it makes us primal it puts us in a fear-based behavior it puts us in in anger-based behavior and you know that makes us temporarily stupid our our higher intelligence functions go down and it freaks people out and all we start to worry about is is scarcity and status now there's another way to think about this that um i talked a lot about when the pandemic hit um i talked a lot about this and i it's a uh, it's um it's it's a model, a complexity model that I um, borrowed. I saw it from uh, in Sean Coyne at one of his workshops on a Big Idea workshop, but yeah, I've seen it in other places as well. But basically, um, it's a bullseye. So if you would, if you've got a notepad nearby, just draw this out, okay? We're going to draw a bullseye. In, in the very center of the bullet, just draw a circle, and I want you to write order in that circle, okay? Then I want you to draw another circle, outside of that smaller circle. And I want you to write complicated order. Okay. Then I want you to draw another wider circle outside of that one. This is your third circle. And in that one, I want you to write complexity. And then finally, I want one more circle on the outer ring. This is your fourth ring. And I want you to write chaos. Okay. And this is a tool. This is a lever that you can use to look at um, your environment your arena in a way that helps us understand how change can freak people out and what we can do about it so if let's just take contextually let's take the pandemic right it's uh, it's February of 2020 and you know, we're just kind of rocking along we're doing you know we, we we've get we're getting word about this pandemic that or this disease that's kind of spreading but we're still doing what we do here at home and then all of a sudden in march of 2020 um, a, a little ball of chaos just drops into your world, and everything that you knew about your business, everything that you knew about your, your, your kids' education, everything that you knew about your community and politics in this nation is just cast asunder. It's like someone sticks you in a toe sack, uh, ties it up beats you with a baseball bat while you're in there and then throws you over a cliff into a raging river. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And you're dropped into that out from order. You go from order in that center ring all the way out to that outer ring of chaos. And it is complete randomness. It 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 is. You, you literally have no footing, right? It is. You can't tame it. There's nothing you can do about it. You were thrown into this environment of just complete chaos. What you thought You had the answers to, you don't have the answers to, and you know that feeling, right? It is that initial feeling we get when we are tossed out of order. And we don't want to stay here too long, right? Humans do not like chaos, and in fact, it is our desire to to make order out of the chaos. This is why Marines are up running every morning at 5 a.m., because even in combat, in hard places, they create order out of chaos. Uh, as Jocko says, discipline equals freedom. So, But in this outer ring of chaos, we've got to work our way back. right? So when you were tossed into that COVID environment and you were in that chaos, you had to start to kind of get a sense of things. And you started talking to each other. You started working on yourself. You started trying to make sense of things. And at some point, you started to enter into the realm of complexity. Now, complexity is it's still a tough place to be because complexity, the way to think about it, are like wicked problems, ill-structured problems, nonlinear problems. There's no A or B solution. There's no easy path to the solution. It's seriously complex. It's, it's ill-structured. In fact, there's no one person or no one group that can even frame the problem, much less solve it. It requires multiple perspectives and the, you know, deep approaches to start to really, all you can do is kind of tame the complexity. You surf the chaos and you surf it into complexity. And then you start to tame the complexity and you start to work it down. Right. And you start to get a sense of things you put in for PPP, you know, you put in, uh, you start to change your work from home procedures. Uh, and it's, you know, it's really complex, but then over time, You know, maybe a year or so, you start to get into what's complicated order now. So, like, it's not three or four steps to your sales process. It's 17 steps, and you're doing it from home, but at least you're doing it, right? You have complicated order for how your children are being educated. It's no longer just show up in the brick and mortar schoolhouse and, you know, you'll see them at 3 p.m. Like, now you're having to help with the homeschooling, and there's all these steps that you have to do to enroll. That's complicated order. And you just keep working that, and you keep working that, and eventually you get back to order. A plus B equals C, right? And it is good and we love that. And then the little ball of chaos gets dropped in by the boss again. Organizational change number three, right? And there we are. We're right back in the chaos. Change freaks people out. So as you think about that, you know, this, this, this design that I just drew for you, how can we keep ourselves as much as possible on a path toward complicated order and order, right? And and mitigate the amount of times that we drop into chaos, right? And when we're in complexity, how do we tame complexity as a team and work back towards order, even if that order is internal discipline for ourselves, where we kind of just tame the complexity of of our surroundings by creating order and tranquility in our own battle rhythm of our day? Okay. But the point here, the larger point is I just want you to have a visual for that. You can see how we are. We love order. We want to be in order, but it's really kind of a facade because at any given minute we can get dropped right back into chaos and complexity. Right. And so just recognize that change freaks people out. Change management is a big deal these days. And it seems like just one business after another is bragging about that strategic pivot that they made in the face of a recession or the the pandemic. And, And when I talked about this, I believe it was in Article 6. And you know, it is true that your arena demands rapid attunement and adaptation to the realities that you're facing like no time in our history. I mean, I get that. But just remember that no matter how much logical sense your policies make in that PowerPoint slide deck, it's going to almost for sure elicit a primal fear-based response of scarcity and or status, all right, And, and just like we've learned, and again, like I talked about in one of the previous articles, a good rule of thumb is rather than just going right in and talking about change, is start by reminding people of, of the elements of the organization that you're fighting to preserve. Then pivot into why you're changing in order to preserve those things. And if you'll just start to approach it that way and think about change in those terms and really be conscious about when you do organizational change, and I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm telling you to over-index on the engagement around it right? And do everything that you can for recognizing when that change throws your people into chaos and complexity and find ways to help them get back to order. Because that's where we all go back into that parasympathetic state of calm and connect. And we're ready to listen and we're ready to move out and achieve your vision. But if we have the lack of psychological safety from being freaked out for change, we can't do it. All right. So um, we're going to move on to the next article. In the next uh, episode, we're going to hit Article 9, where we're going to talk about in-and-out groups. And we're going to talk about that those groups are natural but dangerous in times of churn. Thanks for what you do, and I'll see you on the rooftop.